The Money Show. The Big Issue. Telugio says the Chief Investment Officer at First Avenue Investment Management, and he has compiled, he and his colleagues at First Avenue Investment Management have compiled a very long, very detailed, very thorough research report into the South African mining industry. And it comes at at an important time, Kelo, because 100,000 miners could go on strike this very Thursday. We see the pros, the cons, we see the demands of mine workers, we see um, the demands of shareholders, and we see the demands of management to say, if we don't produce, we have to cut costs. If we have to cut costs, we have to cut jobs. Then we see the demands of government, which says you're not allowed to run your business like that. We're heading to another potentially thorny tussle in the mining industry. Absolutely. Uh, if I could just uh, help your listeners, by the way, to to have context to this. Our perspective is that South Africa is caught in a trap of its own making. If you just roll back the years to 1924, when platinum was first discovered, the Marensky Reef. 1925 were, was mass discoveries of the same metal. Uh, 1974, a company called Johnson Matthey, uh, which manufactures autocatalytic converters, um, uh, started to manufacture uh, those, those converters. So today, 2014, would, would be the 40th anniversary of the first autolytic, um, uh, autocatalytic converter. It's basically um, the thing that makes engines run sweeter, cleaner, and be less polluting. And in there are lots of platinum group metals. Right, right. So it removes uh, all the toxins from the effluents from an exhaust pipe, basically. Um, so fast forward to today. Johnson Matthey uh, has transitioned this technology of process catalyst from just manufacturing autocatalytic converters to removing toxins in the air from all other kinds of processes. It's a chemical process reaction company, um, which is supremely profitable. This company, together with Umicore and BSF, invest between 25 to 10% of their sales back into R&D. Uh, these companies are really built to last. They participate in making what you make better. They, they suggest solutions to manufacturers on how to improve the products that they, that they offer to the market. Now, I say this because we sit here today with the platinum industry having dwindled from its heyday and literally becoming irrelevant. You know, people that talk about how South Africa has 75% of world's platinum and therefore should have bargaining power don't realize that on the other side, customers of platinum, 50% of platinum goes into autocatalytic conversions, and 90% of that market is owned by three companies. So you have huge buyers on the other side. You have BASF, the German company, Johnson Matthey, which is UK, and Umicore, which is German. Three buyers buy 50% of all of the world's production of platinum per year. The other 25% goes to jewelry, and the other 25%, well, the balance goes to other industrial processes. Now, how easy is it for you to negotiate against three companies, even if you have 75% of world's production? Extremely difficult. But most importantly, today we sit here with the platinum industry having dwindled and is probably losing relevance over time. These mines will close on on their own unless society, South Africa, can, can, can find a way to, to, to cut through this impasse. But here's a problem. Anglo-America and platinum signed, to, signed an agreement with Johnson Matthey way back, I think, in the 80s for Johnson Matthey to take its production every year and find ways to uh, cultivate demand for platinum in new inventions, in 
and autocatalytic converters and so on and so forth. Impala did it with BASF. I think Lonman did it with BASF and Mitsubishi. Okay, these folks who got their production from us have, 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 have used the science, the technology of science to improve and find new ways in which platinum can be used. They are the ones that are profitable. They are the ones who are built to last. And our companies are actually being wiped out into, in, into oblivion. And the reason why is because it gets more expensive to dig deeper. Number one. Number two is labor wants more money. Now, how do you solve that problem when, you have, when you've defined the wealth of your society on a resource that either physically comes to an end or economically mm. cannot support all the requirements of, of profit that are given to it. And, and you go through an investment case for the platinum sector in South Africa. Your investment case is decidedly downbeat, as one would expect it to be, um, in the way in which you've explained your story. We're the ones cultivating the resource, if you like. We're the ones with the resource underneath our feet. We have to go in and withdraw it. But once we withdraw it from the earth, we then put it into a big great box and send it off to those nice people in Germany, those nice people in Britain or wherever they might be in Japan. And we say, why don't you take it and make something useful out of it? It's the whole argument about beneficiation. Well, you know, the, the trick about the use of the word beneficiation and the reason I didn't quite use it at the beginning is because there's something that comes in between. So the question is, how do you take the same mind that you use to dig for platinum or gold and tell that mind to uh, manufacture a high-technology product like an autocatalytic converter? Or how do you take the same mind that digs for gold and platinum and tell it to manufacture a Swiss watch, which is micro-technology of the highest order. The same mind cannot do both. So what really the country should have done going back decades ago is um, invested money in high cost of discovery products or projects. The private sector alone cannot quite invest in something which it knows it's going to lose money on if it's a long-term project. Take Sussel, for instance. The technology that, that's in Sussel would never have seen light of day if an individual company had the responsibility to, to do it on their own. But the cost of discovery can only be borne by certain institutions like the government, for instance. So if we were able to come up with Sussel, why weren't we able to come up with <laughs> Johnson Matthew and then commercialize that and hand it over to the public sector as we've handed over, well, t- to the private sector as we've handed over Sussel? Uh, I'm not making a case, by the way, here for government intervention in things like ESCOM, Telcom, because those are proven technologies which ought to have been handed over. I said Telcom, sorry, um, SAA, yeah, which, which should have been handed over a long time ago. I'm, I am referring here to, uh, to, to, to projects that are of higher marginal utility to the world. Remember, the world will only interact with you on the basis that it wants something from you and is willing to pay that thing. Uh, willing to pay money for that thing. But can we sit in a situation in South Africa where we haven't done those things? We are an extractive country. We have the great resources. We have relied on those resources without the value add, without the necessary uh, attached education, without the level of skill developed in the economy. And we are still very much an industry, with the mining industry, certainly very much where it was probably 20, 30, 40 years ago in terms of the value add component. So here we sit. Um, in the 21st century, 
with the same problems. Um, and we've got a situation, a sunset industry, because we've got a, a workforce which says, hold on a second, we're not getting a fair shake. We've got politicians in an election year saying, we can give you a fair shake. So you go out and do whatever it is you need to do to exercise your right. And at the end of the day, we're shooting ourselves in both feet over the long term. Now, let me say this, because you've used the word value add. Value add simply means income content. Every country and everyone really has a responsibility to engage in activities that are of higher income content. That's the reason why a worker in Switzerland uh, will make in a month what a worker in South Africa makes in a year. And that's the only reason why companies uh, can pay you more money. And that's the reason why society can as a whole move up uh, in terms of prosperity. So sharing and, and growth. The other thing which we do so badly is we're so fixated on the word growth and not on development. You can actually get growth by doing more of the same thing. So digging more of the platinum or the gold from the ground. But economic development comes from improving on what you're offering, constantly improving what you're offering because that's what the world wants to buy from you and will pay up for it when it finds it. We call this a sophistication. So the more sophisticated you are in your products or the more sophisticated your, your products are, the higher they will fetch in the global markets. We have not even begun to deliver to civilization that aspect of human activity, whereas Unicor, BSF do that. Now, it's, you know, what I find interesting is everyone always says that the unions are wrong. Well, think about it this way. You've had boards of directors going back to the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s up to today who have collectively individually and collectively made horrible, horrible decisions not to transition to South Africa. You have today uh, CEOs of platinum companies who are making on average 13 to 23 million rand, especially CEO of lawnmen who made 23 million rand just the year before America going to happen. Yeah. Now, how do you make that much money when you're running a joke organization? Is it Whose fault is it? We need to talk about the misalignment of incentives and outcomes, which is a whole chapter in your research report. We're going to get to that in just a moment. I'm speaking this right. evening to Chelo Kiyose. He is the Chief Investment Officer at First Avenue Investment Management. He's giving us a deep insight into a research report which they have done detailing the fundamental issues within a platinum industry in the week that the platinum industry threatens to go on strike or workers in the platinum sector threatened to go on strike. Kelo Gyor says my guest. He's the Chief Investment Officer at First Avenue Investment Management. He's our studio this evening. We look at the misalignment of incentives and outcomes. And uh, you were mentioning just before the break, Kelo, that we've got decades, generations of executives who have made lousy decision after lousy decision after lousy decision. And workers have dug deep holes and dug deeper holes and dug deeper holes. And one part of that equation's done a lot better out of the deal than the other. You know, when you, when you really think about it, platinum mining as well as gold mining, platinum mining is the most dangerous mining activity you can find on this earth, uh, number one. But number two is that the hurdles, the incentives um, that management is judged against are very low. For instance, the mining uh, safety requirement that a company has to uh, maintain um, has a you know is a twenty five percent contribution or fifteen percent contribution in terms of alignment in case of alignment fifteen percent contribution and twenty five percent in terms of amplets um, to to their KPIs or or what they need to do to to earn a good good bonus. How can you have a fifteen percent uh, benchmark 
of of um, your salary when when you know when you are involved in the most dangerous human activity ever in mining. Uh, this is the reason why these guys make out with. I mean, I'll just read you off the the total compensation of of, of you know the lineman guy because that's what Americana happened. In 2010, it was 24 million. In 2011, it was 18 million. In 2012, it was 14 million. You're earning below the cost of capital. Your margins are falling. You're you're not profitable. You're going back to the market to raise more capital, and you take home 15 million rand, or you take home 18 million rand in a year in which mm. you know four to five of your mine workers die. What is society compensating here? I mean, these boards of directors have. A, a very poor understanding of what it is to be a commercial society. We act without refinement. Uh, we act without an understanding that we, we exist on this earth for one reason, one reason only, which is to contribute to human civilization, to human civilization, move it forward one step. So as South Africa, we have to ask ourselves, um, what, what do we think we're delivering to civilization? When, when we look at it, and we, when we look at, for example, the sort of so the, the safety culture that existed at Anglo Platinum, and many people will criticize Cynthia Carroll for her role at Anglo American, but one thing that uh, she did bring to Anglo American and to Anglo American Platinum, which she insisted on chairing, was a far greater safety culture. The safety culture has. I mean, you put it in cold statistics like, you know, 15% of your KPI is based on safety. So if you know, 100 people die, it doesn't matter in terms of yeah. the remuneration you get. But there is a greater focus. Mining in South Africa is probably a safer activity now than it was 20 years ago. Um, when we look at the statistics of, of people being killed underground, we, we go into a situation with just four minutes left, where we've got workers who are on one side of an equation, you've got management and shareholders on another side of the equation, and we've got an industry that is about to throw itself into a deeply damaging and potentially quite devastating yeah. series of, of, of strikes. What is your view as to where we're headed in the short term? I know you don't like the short term, but the short term is yeah. where we are right now. Well, we propose one solution here, which is, number one, you should abolish the minimum wage. I know unions would hate that, but in return, you should actually cap the maximum wage and have them go together as follows. The lowest earning person in a company should earn one twelfth, one fifteenth, one twentieth, maybe one thirtieth of what the highest earning person earns. So that if you want to earn twenty three million, you should ensure that you're doing so well as a company, you're doing very civilized things. You sound that, very Swiss in your view, and the Swiss well, voted against this idea well, earlier this year. I I'll tell you what, they voted against it sixty forty. Let me ask you, which country would actually table this thing? And actually discuss it. Let, let, let me put you the, the other Swiss, way. The Swiss did it because they're a very equal and egalitarian society with, well, in a very different structure. Or place well, this there. is what's called accelerated and shared growth. Remember that thing? Mm. That Asquisa. thing? We pay lip service to that thing like you won't believe. But yeah. let, let me put it to you this way. If you build a bridge and it collapses, you go to jail. If you build a building and it collapses, you go to jail. Why is it more noble to purposefully build weaker companies and not go to jail? Why is it more noble to collude <laughs> and not go to jail? What is a society doing? Yeah. What are we doing? What, are we, what is this? What is I, this, this I, I take it doing? your investment portfolios are not full of platinum shares. We have nothing. And I can tell you one thing for certain. We will never invest in these things. In any case, they're going nice and slowly. They're dying. Either, either uh, society takes a radical solution to this or the company's down their own. 
you, you look at it, I mean, you, but you, there's a multifaceted approach. You say, look, from an investment, but these are lousy investments simply because they, they haven't innovated, they haven't done sufficient things to ensure their longevity. Plus, um, they're badly run. They're not uh, run for the, for the benefit of everybody who works within these organizations. But if I was to tell you that the platinum price in 12 months' time would be $10,000 an ounce, would you invest in them or would you still stay principally opposed to, you, to the way in which I'll, they do I'd say, Eddie, good luck to you because <laughs> I can also tell you that after that, there'll be the platinum price will be down 80%. Yeah. So whatever money you made will be wiped away. Now, you know this. In 2008, that's exactly what happened to commodities. In, 19, in 2001, that's exactly what happened to commodities. In, 19, in 1991, that's what happened to commodities. I'll say to you, go right ahead and make short-term money because in the long term, you're not building wealth for anybody, not even yourself. Tiro Machu uh, wants to know where you can get a hold of your research. Is it on your website, Lelo? Yes, sir. It's uh, www.firstavenue.coza. FirstAvenue.coza, that's where you can find the research. Tiro and anyone else who's looking for it, Tlelo Giyose, the Chief Investment Officer at First Avenue Investment Management. I've never thought of the platinum sector in the way in which he has explained it this evening. He has opened my eyes, and I hope he has opened yours as well. Tlelo Giyose, thanks very much for coming in. It's been a treat, Bruce. Thank you very much.